everybody. Welcome to another live stream of Coffee with Tamara podcast. This is an experiment that we're trying that I think is working. I'm pretty excited about. It's something that I really wanted to get a hold of, wrap my hands around and figure out if it worked. And here we are. So let me just tell you a little bit about the experiment and then we'll dig into this podcast because this is one of my favorites. It's the Ask Me Anything, the AMA podcast, where we get questions in from our overly caffeinated community, which I am definitely the leader of. So here's the experiment. Here's the thing I wanted. Let me just work backwards. I really wanted to do this podcast, but I wanted to do it in a way that actually connects with the people listening, actually community, which actually gets you involved and allows you to have a voice, which I think is so incredibly important. So with that said, I decided to try streaming them live when I record them. So instead of just going into my little recording mode and you know getting all my stuff and putting on my recording equipment, recording and putting it out, I thought, wouldn't it be super cool if I could record them live and then you could add your insight and your wisdom and your thoughts, because I believe in collective wisdom without a doubt. So the way we are going to do these podcasts moving forward, I hope, is that we'll actually do them as live streams. Got my chat bar open, and I'm pretty sure I can see them from all the different platforms that we're streaming on. So if you say hello to me, if you've got a comment, put it in, if you've got a question, let's make this experiment happen. I'm so excited to see you all joining and watching live. So like I said, these are some of my favorite, favorite episodes because they're the AMAs, the Ask Me Anything. So I got my notes because I really want to make sure to cover a few points. So the members of our overly caffeinated community submit their questions. And I have the honor of giving my two cents back and what I think. I love this so much. I love these questions. I love the community. You can go check it out on our podcast page. Go to launchstreet.com slash I think it's slash podcast, but if you go to the website, you can find it. This one comes from Horace from Baltimore, baby. Don't know why I feel the need to say it that way, but I do. So let's do this. All right, Horace, this is a great question. He says, I'm a small business owner. We have an industrial cleaning business. What can I do to stay resilient and adaptive in the face of challenges? And how do I effectively communicate this mindset to inspire my team? All right, this is a great question because how many of us right now are dealing with a little bit of change overload, with exhaustion, initiative fatigue, with change fatigue, with resilience fatigue? I think a lot of us are dealing with this. And um, I've learned some tips and tricks along the way, and I've got some tools to help you. So I'm going to cover those. And I just want to recognize that, you know, we have been, I think, over the tipping point. <laughs> on the edge for basically four years now. I know I don't like to harp back to 2020 and the COVID years, but the truth is that's when things really started to accelerate and the change just was thrown on to a lot of people. So it's been four years of having to adapt and adjust in a way that we hadn't before. Change is constant. Change has always been around, but we are certainly dealing with it in a way that we never have before. So Horace, I love your question. And uh, I know who you are from the community. I checked you out, did a little stalking. And I know that you're a small business owner. So I want you to know that what I'm going to talk about right now isn't just for big company. This really is like, I have a small team and everybody needs to be revving their engines and going. I get it. That's the position that I'm in too, right? I'm a small business owner. I have a small but mighty team. 
and we don't have the resources and the bandwidth to just let change roll by us and to have everyone on the team not performing at their peak, right? We need that. Now, I think big companies need that too, but there's a little bit more leeway and there's a little bit more bench to pull from. Okay, so I got a bunch here for you. Ready for it, Horace? All right, here we go. And hey, as a reminder, for those of you watching and listening, put your questions in, say hello. I'm pretty sure it pulls them all together for me in, in the system that I'm experimenting with. So go ahead and do that. And yeah, okay, so the first question we got in is what sweatshirt am I wearing? Um, this is 1972, because I am a 1972 model. I'm squarely in the Gen X crowd, and it was my birthday recently, and this was a gift, so I'm wearing it. All right, Horace, here we go. So how do you, how do you, let's go back to your question, how do you stay resilient and adaptive in the face of change? Okay, so number one, and this is, I think, one that we overlook very easily, but is actually really easy to implement is know how you face challenges at your best. I promise you that this is not the first time that you're dealing with something, right? It may not be the exact same challenge. A lot of our challenges and even opportunities are new, but I promise you, you've been there before. So don't reinvent the wheel. That's freaking exhausting and it's unnecessary. So the big mistake I think that I used to make, I'm totally guilty of this, is I would approach each challenge like it was from scratch. Never seen before, whatever, however I was gonna tackle it, I've never done before. So everything was new, 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 new all the time. And I wouldn't rely on my strengths to get through it. I'd be reinventing the wheel. So. It was a huge mistake. It cost me a lot of time and a lot of money, but mostly it was exhausting. It cost me so much energy to reinvent the wheel every time I faced a challenge. You would think that, you know, none of the rest of my life and my experiences had ever happened. All of a sudden I was just facing this challenge like never before. So again, it it's not because the challenge is the same. Chances are your challenges are not the same. And that's good. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's change. And the opportunities that you could a, approach are new, right? Things have changed, so those things are new. So, but how you as a human have approached them and the strengths that you have to do that, that you have inside of you. It is exhausting to reinvent the wheel. That's where your resilience starts to fade. This is where your energy battery starts to feel really, really low. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like your cell phone and everything's going slower. Every app is slower. Every text message sent out is slower when you're on that 2% battery. Well, that's the same thing that happens to you. So when you're trying to be resilient and adaptive and like not just positive, but seize opportunities, but you've got all this change happening and you're on 2%, it actually gets harder and harder. So if we really want to adapt and stay resilient, we got to keep our batteries full. And a way to do that is to number one, look at your past successes. What did you do in your pre previous world, in your previous life to be resilient? Like I said, this is not new. And I don't care if you are 16 listening to this, if you are 22, if you are 38, if you are 51 like me, you have experiences that you can pull from. And so I would ask myself, what did I do to be resilient then that worked? 
right? And maybe even talk about, maybe I didn't write this down in my notes, but maybe dig into what didn't work as well so that you can learn from that also. But dig in, you've done this before. So what did you do that worked? How have you adapt, adapted to change in the past? It's out there for you. You've done it already. And it's not the solution. You're not saying, what did I, so, like, what solution did I use in the past? And how can I use that solution now? I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you're really talking about this kind of mindset and this mental energy of resilience and being adaptive, you're really talking about how did I approach it? And in fact, let me go off on a tangent here for a minute. One of the mistakes I see legacy thinkers make time and time again is assuming that what worked in the past will work today, right? The solution and the tasks and the actions that you took yesterday may not be valid today. In fact, they're probably not. That's probably why they're not working for you. However, what does work and what is important to rely on is you and how you innovate and how you adapt. So what have you done in the past to be resilient? You've been here before. What have you done to manage or navigate through or even harness change that worked? And how do you apply that now? I would really encourage you to take inventory of what you've done and how you've done it, how you've been resilient so that you can push that forward. We all have success strategies hiding in plain sight. You know, we spend so much time, wait, I'm gonna need caffeine before I go off on this one, hold on. We spend so much time worrying about our weaknesses and what to avoid. We don't spend enough time thinking about our successes and what to repeat. So oftentimes we'll have success, we'll do something well, we'll adapt and innovate and be resilient and find a solution. And then we won't do it again. We won't repeat it because we're spending too much time worrying about every little minutia that didn't work. And yeah, it's important to understand what didn't work so that you don't make those mistakes again. But guess what? Don't you think it's just as or more successful to think about what did work and figure out how to repeat that? Yeah, I think so. All right. So the second part in that about know how you face challenges and kind of don't reinvent the wheel and leverage your strengths is know your unique everyday innovator style. This, your innovator style is 100% your key to adapting, to being resilient. It's how your innovative mind works. It's how you navigate change. And if you don't know how your mind works, you do not hold the keys to harnessing change. Let me say that again, because I think it's so important. If you do not know how this magical thing between your ears inside your skull works, you absolutely do not hold the keys to harnessing change. And it's a shame because it's right there in front of you, right? It's inside of you, but you got to harness it. And if you don't hold those keys, you'll stay reactive when you need to be proactive. Reactive is exhausting. Pro proactive, it puts you in the driver's seat and it gives you energy. So if those of you are new to me, to the community, to what it means to be an everyday innovator, um, your everyday innovator style is, your, is how you innovate. It is your innovator personality. It's how you are naturally hardwired to innovate, to create a be a strong creative problem solver, decision maker, strategic thinker. It's how you become adaptable and flexible to change, how you 
find opportunities that others miss. But we all do it a little bit differently. So it's based on neuroscience, behavioral psychology, change management, 25 plus years of experience. And what our research discovered is that being innovative is universal. We all do it. However, how we innovate is unique to each of us. So I want to show you a slide real quick and just talk two seconds about this because Horace, and I know one of these is you. So I think this is going to help you think through this. So give me a second to pull that up. Okay, so this is our, our one pager of innovator styles. So let me just point this out to you, right? It's all based on what you are. So every innovator style has two power triggers. That's your wellspring of innovation, where you naturally innovate, where your brain is playing to its strengths and really thrives. And then we have one dormant trigger, which is our most exhausting place. It's not necessarily our weakness, but it's where we play the least and we shouldn't spend our efforts there. But it's important to understand how that how that impacts you because you don't want it to sabotage you as well. So for example, someone who is a motivator, which if you look on the, hold on, I got to find it now. Where'd he go? Can someone point it out for me? Where's the motivator on here? It's just, oh, right here, collaborative and experiential. So collaborative on the first on the column and experiential. It's right there. It was right in front of my face. <laughs> I know Horace. <laughs> All right. So someone like Horace, who's the motivator style, is navigated, navigates change and adapts by gathering perspectives and by putting things into motion, right? So if he focuses on, okay, I'm managing change, I'm adapting, I'm going to leverage his mindset and these tools every day, what Horace is going to do is he's going to start gathering more perspectives, like putting disparate people and ideas and experiences together. That's the collaborative trigger. And he's going to combine that with his experiential trigger, and he's going to put things into motion. Experiential is all about innovation and action in the doing. Okay, but that's huge. Now, here's the difference. Someone who is an adventurer, which you would think I'd know what everything is on my own sheet, but when I'm on the spot, I'm like, where is the adventurer? Is it right in front of me? Oh, it's right there. Experiential and fluid. So, <laughs> oh dear. Experiential second on the column and then um, fluid, the third on the, on the row, on the top, the adventurer. Okay, very different. So that experiential is all about, all about innovation and motion, but fluid is all about turning ambiguity and chaos into innovation. So if you're an adventurer, right, the way you navigate and change is by putting things in motion and paving the way forward because you see how all that fog turns into a path, right? So that's very different than someone who is, for example, the mastermind, which of course, oh, there it is right there, for the futuristic and fluid. So futuristic on the column, fluid on the row on top, the mastermind. Okay. Futuristics all about today's problems or tomorrow's opportunities. They innovate forward and then go backwards. And then the um, fluid, as you know, is all about the navigating uncertainty. So if you're a mastermind style, right, if that's your everyday innovator, that's how your brain works. You're going to do it by making sense of ambiguity and finding possibilities in the future, right? That's very different. So I am a risk taker experiential. So go to that, that column on the side and look at experiential and then go all the way down over to the green one, to the pioneer, second to last, right? So that's me. Those are my two power triggers. So for me, that means the way I easily navigate change is by paving the way forward, by leaping and by putting things in motion. And I'm going to tell you right now, for me, action is 
everything, everything. I need to put everything into motion because if I don't, I can't think and I get stuck in analysis paralysis and I become paralyzed and I become overwhelmed. So if I don't put stuff into action, I get held back. But someone who is someone like the investigator, right, might be a little bit different because they've got inquisitive. So for them, asking questions and digging deep helps them manage change. All right, let me take this off for a second. So do you see the point there, though? Know your style. You, me, the people you lead, the community, we all navigate change in our own ways. And it's so important to understand that because if you don't understand that, you're probably pushing against yourself. You are pushing water uphill because you're trying to do it in a way that doesn't actually work for you. And Horace, the second side to your question in our Ask Me Anything episode, which I love. So by the way, if you're watching live, go ahead and, and bring in the chat bar, ask me questions. Hopefully our system works and I get to see them and I'll answer them. Right, to go back to Horace's original question, small business owner, industrial cleaning business, what can I do to stay resilient and adaptive in the face of challenges? And how do I effectively communicate this mindset and inspire my team? Understand how you navigate change, your innovative style, and understand what it is for the people around you. Like I said, you, me, the people watch, all of us have different styles. I'm a pioneer, the risk taker experiential. I was just on a podcast yesterday. I just went into the studio to be interviewed. Very weird for me to be on the other side. And the person that was interviewing me is a disruptor, right? So that is very, so she's risk taker and she is inquisitive. So very different than me, how she navigates change and stays resilient and doesn't get that energy battery down to 1% is very different than for me. And by the way, the other thing is we all sabotage ourselves a little bit differently too. So if we don't understand how we resist change, how we get overwhelmed and how our battery drops, then we tend to fall into that trap. So what we don't want to do when trying to be resilient and adapt to change is, and especially with the people around us, is first of all, we don't want to put us in a square peg into a round hole. Okay, that doesn't work. And you're fighting it every single time and it gets harder and harder than it needs to be. But also second, you don't want to put all the different shape pegs that you have into one square peg, right? One square hole. I think you know what, the, I always get my phrases wrong. Is that right? Like don't put a square peg in a round hole. It's not the right one. I get them wrong all the time. Tell me if I'm wrong, but you get my point, right? We're all shaped differently. We all have different brains that work differently. That's why our assessment I think has been so valuable for people because it helps us understand ourselves, but also it helps us really understand the people around us. When we are trying to put all of us into the same square hole, round hole, whatever hole it is, that's where resistance comes from, okay? Because we're trying to operate in a way that doesn't work for us. It's where it creates friction because I'm trying to operate one way. I don't understand how you operate or I don't allow you to operate. So you're not given the room to be your best. And as I said in the beginning, as a small business owner, I really feel this. I need everybody to be playing at their A level, right? I don't have the bandwidth for people not to be bringing their best. So I need to make sure that I know what I bring to the table and to bring my best, but then I also need to make sure that everybody else is doing the same as well, right? And when I don't understand you, that's where friction comes from. So for people who have inquisitive, who are like the instigator or the um, integrator out there, the challenge that you might find is that people understand that your questions are not poking the bear. They're just innovating and digging deep and challenging assumptions. So valuable, so important. But if I don't understand that, I might see you as combative, 
But if I understand that, right, that friction goes away. And in fact, it becomes our greatest competitive advantage. So it hinders progress when we don't understand each other. So Horace, my advice to you about resilience and adapt, being adaptive is number one, know how you adapt to change successfully, right? Just to re kind of summarize that part. Number one is you've left hints of success all through your life. So how have you dealt with resilience in the past? How have you dealt with change in the past? I guarantee you that how you've done it in the past, because we've all been here before, the challenge might be different, the world is different, but we've navigated through change and we've had to be resilient before. So what did you do in the past? What are those breadcrumbs? And how can you pull that forward? I don't know why, and I'm guilty of this myself, we constantly reinvent the wheel of like, well, whole new challenge, whole new me. Well, I've done things before that I could leverage today and not exhaust myself out of the gate. There are clues everywhere. So that's number one. And then know how you innovate, know your style. All right. So the second part is give your team the gift of knowing how they navigate and change and what sabotages them. Steep yourself in the everyday innovator styles. Know how you work best, know how your team works best, know how they navigate change, know how their brains work, know how they shine, know how they resist and sabotage themselves. Right? When everybody starts to understand that, everybody wins um, moving forward. Every time I do a project, Every time I start a meeting, even if it's internal, every time I do a consulting project or do a keynote, there's always time baked in up front for the human element, the human side. How do we navigate? How do we innovate? How do you work? How do I work? What's an example of how you were shining you know, last week at work? It seems like a waste of time. People are like, let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. But here's what my experience has shown me. If I spend just a little bit of time up front on the human side on how we're shining, how we're navigating, how we're dealing, how we're bringing our best, understanding each other as a team, the outcome on the back end is always a hundred times stronger. So um, what else do I want to say here? Yeah, that's what I want to say there, right? You need to spend some time doing that. So what, like I said, what motivates me as a pioneer is very different than what motivates Jim in our overly caffeinated community. Hey, Jim, who's an accelerator, right? We have very different triggers. We have very different drivers and motivators and ways of doing things. So if we want ourselves and the people around us to be resilient and to adapt to change as a skill set that we always do, then we need to understand our everyday innovator styles, how our brains work. It's that simple. All right, I want to also give you um, let me make sure it's done. Yeah. Okay. I also want to give you Horace, just some brass tacks of like, here's a little bit of how you can add resilience and adaptability into your structure as well. And that is make change a part of your plan. Now I know other people talked about, you know, this in the very kind of theoretical way of like change needs to be baked in change needs to be part of the plan. You need to anticipate change, but I don't know that they ever talk about the how. So I, I sat down with Horace and I thought about how do I implement change in my business? And there's a couple of things that, that came to mind for me. So first of all is fall in love with your vision, but not your goals. Here's what I mean by that. Um, so my vision is to unleash 1 million everyday innovators into the world, because imagine the problems we could solve, the opportunities we could create. Like I think we could shift the world if more of us in our own little worlds we're being strong everyday innovators and getting the joy and satisfaction out of it, that peak performance, solving our problems faster, finding opportunities that really serve us and the people around us. So I'm a big fan of that. 
that's my vision. But my goals have changed in how I got there and how I started getting there, which was really through keynotes, has changed drastically into this human-centered innovation and pioneering this field and being about how humans are more innovative. So I used to be more about giving you the fish and now I am all about teaching people how to fish. And I love that analogy because I think it's it really translates the best, right, of what I'm trying to say here. But our goals have to be flexible and have to be willing to change, but we can be we can hold true to our vision. I guess what I'm saying is how our vision comes true needs flexibility because if we're too rigid, we're going to break. I think I heard somewhere something about the bamboo plant and how because it's in really windy areas and how it bends and it's because it bends that it never breaks. So we need to think about bending a little bit and how we accomplish our goals. The second thing is, and this one I feel very strongly about and I do all the time is develop shorter plans and then revisit them often. So three-year plans, five-year plans, like you can think that far down the road if you want, but the reality is every three months, every six months, you need to be looking at your plan and adjusting. So because as you know, every three months, things change, things drastically change. So I highly encourage you to think about, okay, not the three and the five-year plan, you can please think that far down the road, but when you really think about like putting pen to paper and creating that plan that's turning into actions and tactics and who does what and who's responsible for what, I would really think about six-month plans in your business. And then I would revisit them every six months. And instead of thinking of this as like, when you look at the plan, like, yes, this happened, no, this didn't happen, like all or none, I would think about not yes or no, but what now? All right, now that we've learned what we've learned, now that we've tried a few things, now that we've gotten a couple months down the road, what needs to be adjusted? What's working, what's not working? What What's the success that we can repeat? What are the things we wanna get rid of? But again, it's all about that bend and that flexibility. So we've gotta be, we've gotta bake flexibility into the plan. And the other thing I'd say, the last thing I wanna say on that, Horace, is experiment. So avoid the conference room to the real world approach. Get used to small testing. So here's what I often see happen is, you know, we go, okay, we have this new challenge um, and, or, you know, things have changed and we need to adjust. So here are the adjustments we're going to make. Yes, we're all in, go. And then it's like full steam ahead. The challenge is it's really all or none. And you might waste a lot of resources and energy and time on things that don't work long-term. And you might be tied to them invested in them money-wise, energy-wise, emotionally, so we got to really think about how do we experiment? So yes, this is the plan. And what are the small actions we can take right away to make sure we're headed in the right direction to learn and evolve and keep acting? So you don't stop act, taking action, but you treat them as experiments so that you can learn along the way. Experimentation is the key to innovation and it's the key to adapting and being resilient and keeping up with change because it allows us the room First of all, to be objective about the situation and not get tied to it, to not invest all resources and time and then have to backtrack, but to learn and evolve and iterate and succeed as we go along in small steps. I'm a huge fan of experimenting. This podcast is a great example of that. I really wanted to do something with community in my vision. It's actually much bigger and it's got even more people on and it's like at a consistent time, kind of like you're showing up to a like, you know, the talk show studios, right? Like I have a vision, 
but I started by downloading some software and by starting doing these on the channels that I'm already on, seeing do people react. And hey, if you're getting anything from this, do me a favor right now. Do me a favor and just put a one sentence in the comments of whatever platform you're on. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. It helps me understand what's resonating and what we need to talk more or less about in the future. But this is an experiment, okay? So is it going well? Yeah, it's going really well. And I'm also learning a little bit about what's working and what's not working and what I need to change and how my software works and if I like it or don't like it. Like, There's a lot of things to learn along the way. And had I gone right to my big vision, I may have flopped because I didn't have all this little stuff ironed out. Um, but also, by the way, Spotify or iTunes or whomever, if you want to call me because you want to do a whole show with me, I am 100% down to leverage your knowledge and my knowledge to make it happen. Just put that out into the universe. But you get my point, right? Like experiment, figure it out. Don't be afraid. And hey, maybe someone doesn't like it. Maybe one of you out there is listening and you're like, this is not for me. I don't like how she's doing this. Okay. Like that's good for me to know too, right? So the last thing I want to say when it comes to being resilient and adapt to change, and maybe this fits in with experiments, is make your goals big and your actions small. We as humans, we underestimate what we can accomplish. So we set these tiny little goals and we overestimate what we need to do to accomplish those goals. So let me say that again. I think it's so important because this is all about adaptation and change. Make your goals big and your actions small. We underestimate what we can accomplish and we overestimate what we need to do to accomplish those goals. Tap the power of compounding with your actions. For sure, if there's a big action out there and it's going to work and it's going to like it's kind of a go big moment, I 100% want you to take it. I will take it any day of the week. But also, don't overlook the little grains of sand that make up the beach. Don't overlook those little grains of sand that make up the beach. So make your goals big and your actions small. It's so interesting to me how we underestimate what we could accomplish, like our goals. And I know, so I started out, I started doing, one of the things that I do every year is I set a goal for the end of the year. So like November, December. And what I've been done, what I've done in the past was made it this kind of like, I would say small goal. And so like attainable, like I knew I could attain it. It would be a nice little bump in the business, but that, that's kind of what I did. And this year, I've been reading a lot from Grant Cardone and 10X, and his kind of equation is, which I love, is like 10X goals times 10X action equals 10X results, 100X results, sorry. Math, 100X results. You get my point. And so I started to think about that. So I set this crazy large goal for December, November, December this year. And I'm on my way to making it, fingers crossed. Let me just say I'm getting traction and I'm getting results. And I'm focusing on not just one big thing. I'm taking those actions boldly when I have them. But what I'm really doing is a lot of little things that are adding up. And, and I'm getting the power of compounding action. Compounding is so powerful. right? We think about it in money, right? Like, um, you know, one, one penny turns into two pennies, turns into four, turns into eight, turns into 16, right? Suddenly we have a million dollars in the bank. Well, our actions are the same way. So we underestimate all those little actions. So take advantage of those. So Horace, your question about ask me anything is so great because I think it's a combination of what's the human side of it, 
with how do we bake flexibility and change into our plans and into our actions and into our days. And I'm really, you know what, now that I'm sitting here saying this, um, and I'm seeing by looking at the chat bar that the whole, the grains of sand and the um, make your goals big and your actions small is really resonating. So thank you all. Maybe in January, we'll dig in a little deeper into that. So thank you for those. Um, and I think I'm gonna really think about how to implement that, even more of that if I'm really living up to that as much as I could be moving forward. So I got a question in. Thank you from you, uh, someone watching on YouTube. And the, hold on, let me look. The question is, how do I know if it's a lot of little actions if they're working? Great question. Uh, so I think that there's metrics that you can use to figure it out. So let me give you some, I would set small metrics that make sense. So let me give you an example. Uh, so we started a whole new TikTok strategy, which requires me to post a lot. It's a lot of little posts. And so we look at views. And I, in particular, on that one, I actually look at likes and shares because I care about that more than I care about eyeballs. I don't care if you scroll past me if you're not engaged. I care more about are we getting likes and are we getting shares. So I think you can look at metrics. You just got to figure out the right metrics for your thing. Here's the other thing. You'll see it and you'll feel it in the momentum. So if you're taking a lot of little action and you start to feel like you're white knuckling it, then chances are it's probably not the right little actions. If you are taking a lot of little actions and you're feeling momentum, then chances are it's right. Here's the other thing, by the way, I'm so glad you asked this question, that the beauty of it is a lot of little actions, you'll kind of learn as you go and you'll adjust, you'll have metrics, you'll have momentum and that feeling behind it, but you can adjust really easily. You can't adjust as easily on those huge, big, bold actions. Those are awesome when they're there. But the little ones, you have the room to experiment and you have the room to figure out what to do next. All right, so someone on LinkedIn says, I'm gonna use everything as an experiment. I love that. It gives me so much more room to, to try bold things because I'm not attached to it. Yeah, you know, when you think like a scientist or think like an experimenter, it's a lot easier to look at it very objectively like you're in a lab and say, is this working, is this not working? All right. First of all, Horace, thank you for the question. I so appreciate you. Um, go check out the podcast. This podcast will be released, I think, next week. Um, I'm loving doing these lives, and I love the interaction, so thank you. But please, if you're out there, do me a favor and shoot me an email and let me know what you think and what feedback you have. This is my experimentation, so your feedback is really important to me um, and getting it better and growing and evolving it. And if you haven't yet, go join the overly caffeinated community. You can get there from our website, go to launchstreet.com. And it's great because we have a little bit more personal interaction. People kind of share with each other. Um, I post some extra stuff that doesn't go live in other places. And we kind of have conversations about that. Eventually we're going to have some exclusive episodes and other resources that come up there as well. All right, everybody. Thank you for playing along with my experiment. I will see you next time. And if I don't see you before, Happy Thanksgiving or whatever it is you're celebrating around the world.